This is another poem from Rumi, and he made poem not just for the sake of amusing himself, you know, right? It's for the sake of educating his uh, disciples or people at large in his time. Now you know Canaan. You know Noah. He has a son, right? Canaan, huh? Canaan, not canine, okay? I have many canines. He has a son called Canaan. <laughs> C-A-N-A-A-N. This son has never been anything more than up to no good, yeah? <laughs> I don't want to use the word bad because it's not positive, so I say he's up to no good. <laughs> or like good for nothing. He has been rebellious, you know, stubborn, and always against his father, and that's a problem. I know many sons or daughters have this kind of tendency, yeah? But uh, this one is, is too much, okay? Like if your son and daughter have maybe 30% rebellious character, yeah, or 20%, 40%, uh, even 50% may be okay, but this guy may be 80, 90, or 100%, you know, rebellious, especially against his father. As you know very well in the family, yeah? Sometimes the father uh, is uh, idealistic, yeah? And wants the son to follow his footstep, like to be... Uh, a minister or a doctor or somebody, yeah, somebody good and of service to mankind. And the son sometimes do just exactly the opposite, huh? And sometimes the father is bad, you know, like doing something that is against uh, moral or uh, standard of human society, like robbing, you know, or stealing, something like that. And the son is the opposite, yeah? Very pious, very morally fit, yeah? And virtuous and loving and kind, etc., etc. Now, in this story, uh, Romy wants to illustrate something. Like, even if one person is your so-called family member, it's not exactly that he or she is a family member, yeah? Yes. And I remember Jesus also say, Who is my mother? Oh, who is my sister? Only the one who does the will of God, then they are my mother or my sister. What he means is love is looking in the same direction, right? If we love somebody or if we are a partner, yeah, then we have to look in the same direction, have the same ideal and do the same uh, same work. The best is the same, but good work. Huh? Yeah, not just the same, but no good. Okay, now this is the poem called uh, As the Orchard is with the Rain. He said, Don't be like Kenan, uh, son of Noah, who wouldn't get in the ark. You know what it means? When the flood happened and Noah had already built an ark, yeah, and put the, you know, 
a pair of animals each in his ark already, and all his family member and belonging and necessity and supply for a while, yeah, is all already in the ark. And uh, he come in, but his son did not come in and did not want to. So that's how it is. So Romi told us that we should not be like Kenan, who wouldn't get in the ark in the time of emergency like that and still rebels against uh, good intention. So now, he continued. He was swimming. Kenan was swimming and saying, I hate my father. I won't use that boat. Can you believe that? Maybe he hate his father. But by doing this, he goes not against only his father, but he goes against his life, right? So uh, in time of emergency, yeah, even if you don't like the one who came to rescue you or to give you good information, you better listen to that person, right? That the flood is rising and it must have been terrible weather and everything, yeah? And the father built the ark and because the son doesn't like the father, he wouldn't go in the ark. But there's a thing. You see, in this story, supposed to be like that. The son of a spiritual father, you know what I mean? A highly developed person who could even be in direct contact with God. And the son is the opposite. But it happens like that. So you told me many times, Master, how can I tell my son to uh, eat vegetarian or to practice, you know, Guanyin method? How can I convince my husband that your path is very good? How can I talk to my wife about my meditation practice and make her understand? At least understand, not even to follow. How can? How can? How can? How can? How can? Yeah? The thing is, the affinity between us and other people are sometimes a big surprise to us. No? <laughs> we would think, uh, if I'm a mother, yeah, and I follow Master Ching Hai, all my family will listen to me, my sons, my daughter, and all that, at least my children. But no, not always, hey? And if you think I'm a husband, you know, I'm the breadwinner in the house even, yes, and I'm tough, I'm a man. If I follow Master Ching Hai, my family should. No, not necessarily. They want to prove you wrong, some of them. It's just good for their ego. <laughs> it depends on uh, how much percentage of ego your family has. It's going to be tough or not tough. You got me? Yeah? So... Because Noah was already on the boat, eh? and everybody else, including his uh, farm animals, already on the boat. And he kept calling out, Come, come, son, sit in this that I have made, or you will drown. No, I've learned how to swim on my own. I've lit my candle from a flame other than yours. Ah, he probably has a different religious belief. That's what he means. And he so strongly believed in whatever that faith was 
that he against his father, who doesn't believe the same like he does. Yeah? Well, it happened. You understand, right? I told you already. Nói chuyện với đầu gối á. That's Vietnamese. We say, we talk to the knees. <laughs> I mean, you talk and you listen yourself. <laughs> no one else does. See what I mean? So this is probably the same. Kenan probably had a fixed religious belief. You know what I mean? And so when his father said that he's in direct contact with God and God told him to do this, do that, he would not want to listen because he's so indoctrinated in this kind of fixed religious belief. All right. Now, another thing he hated, I think, right now he hated his father more than ever. You know why? Because his prediction came true. And that's against Canaan belief. Because before, he already did not want to believe his father that the flood will occur, that uh, he need to build a boat. Can you imagine building a boat uh, where the dry land or on top of the hill where nothing, no water can ever reach and no water nearby? And saying that I will need it soon, that everybody should come on the boat and all that. Of course, not only Canaan, but everybody in the town probably was ridiculing all this time, yeah? And come and point, point finger and say, ah, look at that madman, and nobody would have probably talked to him at all for all this time, or just ridicule him, laughing at him, make fun of him, and he probably has become the talk of the town all this time. And now it's proven that he's right. The flood is there. So the sun also feels like, you know, it hurts his pride, his ego, that his father is even right. <laughs> Because all this time he has never believed in his father. So now, you see why he hates his father? Hmm? Because his father is right. And such dramatically right, not just about a piece of bread or which one is more nutritious or olive is better than any other oil or anything similar like that. For example, eh? well, olive oil is not better than any other oil, it's just different. I'm just saying, you know, for example. So now his father is right. In such a dramatic situation, of course, he loses faith, you know, the, the son. He feels his ego has been really shattered. Such an ego that even in such a desperate situation, he still goes against his father. Can you believe this? So this is what the most frightening thing that we carry around us, the ego. I told you many times. But you see it now? Huh? Okay. So, Father keeps saying, huh? Don't do it. Kenan, this flood extinguishes all candles of human ingenuity. Only God's candle can make it through these waves. Stop your arrogant claims and get in. When he says candles, what does he mean? I mean the light of God, yeah? It's just a parable. Okay, so uh, Canaan trusted in the fixed doctrine, you know, like fixed religious belief. Uh, and his father 
touch differently. Like you have to be connected with God. Yeah? You have to have this light within you, then you will be saved. That's what he meant by only God's candle can make it through these waves. Everything else will be extinguished. Like the flame, yeah, of the torch, or any other candles, you mean any other kind of hope, any other kind of belief will not survive in this catastrophe. Right. But Canaan say what? No, I can't make it to the mountain top. I'll be safe there, you know, <laughs> swimming and talking. I don't know how he did with it, similar like that, I guess. Mountains are just bits of straw in this storm. There is no refuge except with God's beloved. That's what his father answered him. Mountains are just bits of straw. I mean, they, you know, some wood and some uh, rock and something left to, you know, fix together become a mountain. So he say even mountains are bits of straw. It means it's nothing. It means it's not safe for you to go and take refuge there even. In this storm, there is no refuge except in God's beloved. God's beloved means what? God's beloved probably means the master, yeah, the representative of God, which was Noah at that time. He was probably uh, teaching people enlightenment through direct contact with God within. So God's beloved at that time must have been Noah. So at that time he revealed to his son his true identity, that like I am God's beloved. He has to at this time, even though uh, his son has never believed him and he probably has never told anyone up to this moment that he is God's beloved. But in this time of dire emergency, he has to tell his son, take refuge in God's beloved, mean God's representative, like Jesus, Buddha, Mohammed, Guru Nanak, uh, Mahavira, etc., you know, the great master of all time. Now, so in this time of emergency and urgency, only God's beloved can save you. There's no more God grace even. Do you know why? Because there is a limit time for God's grace. Like, okay, the karmic law has extended to three more years due to the prayers of humanity. Yeah, please save us. Uh, Please show us the way. Help us. Do not destroy our planet. Do not destroy us, yeah, etc., etc. And some enlightened people intervene, also praying for them, and say, uh, let us uh, give them some more time. Uh, I can fix this. I can tell them to return to their righteous self. Please give us some time. So maybe heaven, grace, God's grace, had extended to a certain period of time. But at this moment, 
when Noah is already on his boat. The time of grace has been stopped. Huh? Stopped. Stopped. Yes, finished. The deadline is there. The flood is already there. You see what I mean? No more grace. Too late. So he said that uh, at this time, you know, in this storm, there's no refuge. In this storm even. It's not just the rising water. It's stormy. Windy, everything. And the sun is still holding on to his ego. Can you believe such ego? They exist. And it serves only to kill you, inside out. Kill your spiritual uh, progress, kill your soul. <laughs> Not kill your soul, but kill the knowledge that you have a soul. And kill your body too. What a pity. All he does is just step on the boat. And he cannot do that. What stops him? The ego. The ego make him feel like what he believed was correct, and what his father say is incorrect, is not true. And now that he even know that what his father say is true, he against him even more, because he feels shattered. You know, his ego shattered, his belief shattered. At that moment, he cannot think straight. Yeah, he just feel shocked, confused. And his ego doesn't uh, let him admit that he's wrong. Okay, in, in ordinary circumstance, you can stay there, argue back and forth, yeah? Or can think about it. But in such a situation, if you hold on to this kind of ego, you're dead. Right? There's no time to argue. But such is the force of ego. I mean... It's difficult to explain about the ego, but it's just a kind of fixed belief, you know, in yourself that you are this, you are that, and whatever you think is is right. This is the kind of thing that stops you from knowing the truth, of knowing your great self, because you're holding on to your small self. And you think that it's your small self. It's not even your small self. It doesn't exist. Whatever you think you are, it's just a bunch of thoughts, you know? A bunch of, uh, uh, again, knowledge, a bunch of uh, uh, belief. It's not even yourself. Just the thinking of the mind or the knowledge that you have gained somewhere, that's it. So he said to his son, we should take refuge in God's beloved. This is probably the first time he ever used his position, his real identity to persuade his son. Because, as you know, mostly the master would never tell people that I am this and I am that. He'd probably just say, oh, God has made me do this and God wants me to do that. But he would never proclaim that I am God's beloved. Yeah, which he is actually, but mostly the master, they don't say that. But this is an emergency. So he said, God's beloved, mean himself. You should take refuge in God's beloved because nothing else works right now. That's what he said. Okay? So, but the son say, 
When have I ever taken your advice? He asked his father. In this stormy weather, flooding like that, everybody else already drowned around him. All the village, the house is already submerged in water. And he still talks like that. Can you imagine what kind of ego he has? Huh? When have ever I taken your advice? Your words mean nothing to me. In either world, leave me alone, O little father. Can you believe this? O little father, leave me alone. Your words mean nothing to me. My goodness, even your enemy wouldn't do this to you. Huh? In time of emergency, even your enemy would jump on the boat <laughs> and maybe argue with you later. <laughs> <laughs> but this kind of son, do you think he is really the son? Must be the reincarnation of Maya, huh? of Satan, of the opposite force, of the negative power that has infiltrated himself into the family of such a great benevolent master in order to make trouble, yeah? To block his mission, to cause misery, disappointment, and weaken his physical, mental power, whatever way he can, to stop the mission of the master. Therefore, even in the last minute of the battle between yin and yang, he is still on the opposite side. Now we can see very clearly, right? He's not the son of Noah. You can see or not? So, sometimes in a family of a virtuous person, it happens that there's an appearance of something of the opposite direction, like this so-called son of Noah. The Buddha also say that uh, the negative power cannot uh, destroy him, cannot disturb him. So the negative power uses his closest one, closest disciple, to trouble him. That's always the case. The Buddha say the same. Hmm? And who betrayed Jesus but his own? One of the most trusted disciples. You know what I mean? Yes. And uh, uh, who betrayed Buddha also? His own trusted cousin. But thus is the work of negative and positive power. It has always been like that. Where there is goodness, oftentimes there is badness next to it. Yeah. Like we and our shadow. Yeah? Okay. So Noah did not give up still. Of course, it's his son, yeah? Or anyone. If he see anyone in danger like this, of course he try his best to persuade the person to, you know, to follow him for safety, you know? But so he continued, don't do this, don't do this. This is no time for self-conceit. Until now, you have shown contempt for me and for God. Now God is showing disdain. Be careful. Your disdain means nothing to God. 
So even in this situation, the father is still trying very hard to reason with this stubborn, full of ego son. He thinks if he goes against the father, that should be like the whole world watching or something, <laughs> or everybody clapping hands around him. Such is the ego. Even no one there watching, they still to show off. They still want to, to show that he's right, even at the risk of his own safety. He said, um, up till now, you show disdain for me and for God. And now it's the opposite direction. That's what he means. God is showing disdain. And your disdain means nothing to God. I mean, please, even, he's so desperate already. He even argues in such a petty thing that, please come up, you know. You tell him that it means nothing. Nobody around here. God doesn't care what you think of him anyway, whether you show contempt for God or for me. Nobody care. God doesn't care. So just come up to the boat. But no, no. God is not begotten, he continued. God has said, young man, don't strut. Old man, don't be proud. Husband, have no lust. Lady, I am not coy. All that helps in my presence is utter and complete helplessness. That means God saying that. Whatever power in God's presence means nothing. So, Canaan reply, Father, you have been saying this for years. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Typical. You must be insane to think. I'll listen now. Oh, who is insane? I have my own wisdom. Huh? <laughs> Such a wisdom. <laughs> I'm astonished. I have my own wisdom. I don't need your tiresome preaching. Can you believe that? This is typical. It sometimes happens... Uh, not to such a grave degree, but in some case, you know, even what I say is correct or good. They just take it for granted, you know? So they're already used to with their work and all that, and they think they know everything already. Anyway, it's, it's the same in the family, you know? That's why it's difficult to uh, talk to your husband, your wife, or your children, or your friend, or your you know, relatives, about the path that you're going, even though it's correct and logical to their ears even, even if they know it's correct. They just don't want to follow because it's you who said it. <laughs> who are you to tell me that you know better than I am? This is the trouble with the ego. And this is how civilizations have perished. That's how many galaxies have been destroyed disappeared because of the ego of the mind. Ego is nothing. Actually, it's just made up of a bunch of, you know, learned uh, knowledge. And then you think it's you, that you know this, you know that. All the knowledge put together, that what you learn from others or societies or books, and you think it's you. You think you know it all. And that anything else is not right. Anything else that you haven't heard of, 
that cannot be true, <laughs> something like that. That's why it's difficult. In a way, I'm lucky because my families all became Kuan Yin practitioners, all by themselves. I have not even come to preach anything to them. I know it won't work. <laughs> so they just heard about me from everybody else around them. And then they got curious enough, okay, follow me too. <laughs> I have enough respect from everybody else already and they know it must be okay. So uh, by the time the neighbors come to tell them that her uh, you know, your daughter has been very famous and great and people revere her and follow her in numbers, then they already have a prepared heart. They already have inner experience already. So I'm blessed with that. I'm lucky. Uh, Even though I have not always the opportunity to live with them again or to see them, but we are always together, you know, in the heart. It's very good. Yes. Okay. So, the father continued. But what harm will it do to you, my son, to listen just a little longer? I mean, all these years, okay, fine, he has been telling all this, but he just talked a little longer. What harm will it do to you? Just listen to me. So so they were calling back and forth, with Noah never relenting his admonishments to his son. But suddenly a wave came that buried Canaan and tore him to pieces. Oh, ow, terrible. Just a strong wave. Oh, God, even a father cannot save the son. Can you imagine how he felt? And a spiritual father, the all-knowing, the all-compassion, all-loving, and cannot even talk to his son to save his life. And he died right in front of him in such a tragic situation and such a horrible death like that. Can you imagine how Noah had felt at that time. Can you imagine? So you're not surprised to see Canaan in this situation, so dead against the father, are you? Not much surprise, huh? Sometimes you experience that in your family, right? Yeah? And I experience this in my surroundings, sometimes with my closest one, or close assistant, or the one that I think would respect my words or love me so much. It's not always true. But this is the price he had to pay for being a master. You see, the maya cannot hurt him. The king of hell cannot bribe him. Satan can never uh, make him waver in his devotion to God because he's in direct contact with God. He knows what it is. He has wisdom. He has opened himself. He become one with God. So Satan can never hurt him in any way. Even to kill him, he would not waver. I mean, Noah. Even if Satan punish him, torture him, kill him, he would never have Noah on his side as an evildoer or as one of his subordinates. Just like Jesus say. 
even the devil come and offer him the three worlds, he said, get behind me. Yes? And when Buddha sat under the Bodhi tree, and he became enlightened, and the Maya, the king of Maya, you know, also came there, uh, disguised as the a beautiful woman and not dancing around him, you know, half naked, whatever, you know, like stripped, yeah, <laughs> lap dance, whatever, on him, and he doesn't move. He say, I know who you are. And just buck off. <laughs> I don't know how he say that in Sanskrit, but I would say buck off. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. So that is the thing. The king of Maya, the king of illusion knows that no matter what he does to the master, he will not waver, you know? Even give him the kingdom or anything at all. Maybe he take it, but he tell the Maya still bug off. <laughs> Actually, whatever the master had in possession, it was because of his or her own merit, you know? In a former life, maybe they're charitable and give it a lot to people. So in this lifetime, they may become wealthy, yeah, healthy, and have a lot of abundance of food, money, everything. But that is not from the king of illusion, you know? <laughs> it's not like the Maya come and say, bow to me and you have the kingdom. You can rule the world and all that. And of course the master never bow, never care. Yeah. Even if he became poor or stripped of all of his possession and became even a beggar on the street, he would never waver his faith in God. That's why Buddha doesn't even come back to be king. He continued to be just a mendicant, yeah? A monk who has nothing. Then he has everything, too. <laughs> if he's a king, only his subjects pay respect to him, or not. <laughs> but he's a Buddha, yeah? A master. Uh, all the nations pay respect to him. Oh, except his cousin, of course. <laughs> he wake wars against him. He make his own separate uh, faith against the Buddha and even try to assassinate him. For example, like that. So the king of Maya knew that nothing can hurt the master at all except kill his son, which is he himself. He reincarnate into the family of Noah become a son so that he's beloved, yeah? And his father love him and care for him because he's his son. And then he died in such a tragic way just to hurt him. The same with many people. When they're frustrated with family members or something goes wrong, they go kill themselves. In some way, they want to punish the living, not just punish themselves. They want to die so that the people behind them have to grieve and blame themselves and be in sorrow forever. You know, like, how dare you offend me? How dare you did that and this to me? How dare you scold me so much? Now I die, you'll be sorry forever. You will blame yourself forever. you feel guilty forever. Okay. Similar way, the Maya... Apart from hurting the master already, but still the master will never give up God to be with him anyway. He tried the best by hurting the one that he loves, hurting the one that she trusts, something like that, or turn the person that he or she trusts against the master. 
that hurt the most. You see? Cannot do anything to the master, just use something else around it to hurt him. This is the thing with Maya, with the negative power. But that is also the price that any master has to pay. Uh, not the same case, but similar situation, or in a different way, always the master has to pay some price. You see, either with his life, reputation, or the feeling of that, anything at all, anything at all. To be a master, you have to pay, and pay a lot, no matter what you are, no matter how high position you are in heaven, no matter how high the spiritual attainment you have reached, you have to pay in this world for saving people because you are interfering with the law of karma. Even though you awaken people and they save themselves also, but still, you come and tell them how. <laughs> you come, come and tell people, hey, look, you listen to me and you'll be free forever from the Maya, from hell, from suffering. You'll be glorious now and in heaven. And the people saw that. Ah, it's true what he said, follow him. And of course the Maya lost. You see, the more people follow the master, the more Maya lost. So if the master succeeds, in convincing people to free themselves from the trap of Maya. You think the Maya is a few happy? Oh, bravo, Master, take all of my subject. Take all of my souls to heaven. Leave me here all alone, ruling myself. <laughs> Would he feel like that? No, of course not. Miserable. Mm. Lost one more soul now. What am I to do? See what I mean? Yeah. So that's why he fights this battle bitterly, so he can retain the control of all the souls under his grip. He likes that. It's just the work of the universe, you know? There is positive and there is negative. They're fighting together. Maybe that's how the world becomes colorful, yes. But uh, if we don't know it, we suffer so much. Okay? Yes. So maybe we have suffered already. Okay, we have tasted the bitter and the sweet of this uh, illusionary world already. And now it's time we want to go home. We say, I had enough with it. I don't want to play no more. I want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> okay. Then the master comes and says, hey, this way, baby. And the master what? You've been playing all this time? Huh? You play with my toys? Uh, you eat my food, uh, you breathe my air, and now you say you just go? Go? How? I show you how. Huh? You see, just like that. Similar, you watch some movies, or it may be in real life also, you know, like if somebody, by some circumstances, joining some gangs, yeah, and became a gangster. Maybe he, his heart wanted to be a gangster, or maybe just situation forced him into it, and he's trapped and he cannot get out. And the trapped one really doesn't like what he's doing, being a gangster, robbing and killing people, or doing things that is against his conscience. And he normally never would have done that if situation uh, had not trapped him into it. You see, sometimes once you innocently talk to some gangster and then... Uh, you just buy something from him or take some favor from him just by sweet talk. And then later you trap into it. You're tricked into become a gangster yourself. 
And then or maybe they use your parents, you know, kidnap your people and use it against you. And then you have to follow them and do what they say or else, something like that. Or they will expose you to the police. And then now it's kind of too late and you're trapped in there. And now you want to get out. It won't be easy. You know that, right? Uh, even all the films show that, you know, if you want to get out of the gang, sometimes you get killed. They eliminate you because you're no longer with them. Yes? You so-called betray them. And also they don't want you to go out in case you tell the police about the secret that you know about them, thing like that. So you get eliminated. Not just in a gangster system, but sometimes even in the old time, in some of the uncivilized society, uh, if you get out of a government secret system, secret service, they also try to kill you, to keep you quiet, because you know too much. And maybe the things you know is not good to let other people know. Like the things you know are not morally acceptable. It's not even lawful in that country. And then the secret uh, service itself will eliminate you. It's the same. I use some film, you know, like that. It can be true also in some society, even in some powerful society. It happens. So suddenly you have, oh, so-and-so, you know, uh, chief of uh, secret service of so-and-so country suddenly just died, murdered, shot on the street or in his hometown, even though he ran away to another country already. Yeah, hide away, still cannot hide away. So similar to the souls of humanity, once we're trapped in here, it's difficult for us to get out. And if we want to get out, the person who shows you the way also risks his or her life. It's similar, similar. And you also risk also. But because this, the person who shows you the way have the way to protect you, yes. So you are safe. But the person who show the way, they are after him. You are just one of their members. But the person who show the way will show many more members if he's alive or she's alive. So the gangs, you know, will be after the person who show the way to get out, who protect the ex-gangs member and set him free. So that's what I said about the price that uh, any master has to pay in one way or another. Yeah. You read the history and you know all the master had never had it easy, right? We have all the, the history and evidence already. We don't want to talk about that. If you want to know about them, you can read. Yeah? Okay? You can read in Indian books, yeah? Our history, our well, we don't have to read too far. Look at Jesus, huh? In your society, everybody knows what he has to pay for, for his teaching, yeah? Uh, what he has to pay for showing people the truth. What he had to pay for to liberate the souls. Now, so of course, after his son has been buried by the wave and even tore him into pieces, can you imagine what Noah had felt? Even being an enlightened master, it is his own son, you see? His blood and bones die tragically. 
horribly in front of his eyes like that. And he's right there that he could even help him. It's not like far away. He's right in front of him. And he has the means to help him, to save his life. But he can't. You imagine that? Just one second, his son is torn into pieces, gone. So, what would you say to God if you're in that situation? You complain, no? You lament, no? You cry. You might even yell, scream, shout it to heaven. Why would this happen to me? Why does this happen to my son? So let's see what Noah said to God. That was would be my situation, of course, but Noah may be different. He's a tough guy. Maybe he, he react differently. Let's see how he said. Ah, said Noah, My Lord and my King, you have taken this one from me. Yet many times you promised that my family would be saved. So God answered, Canaan was not one of yours. Can't you see that he is blue and you are white? What does God mean by that? Huh? What does he mean by that? Does he mean that uh, Canaan was uh, born out of wedlock or something? <laughs> huh? That his color, his uh, skin is blue? At that time, blue means also black, like dark color. And white means like you, European. Okay? Or oh, like me. Mm. <laughs> I'm joking. Mm. Yellow, no? Do I look yellow to you? Huh? Little, right? <laughs> okay. I don't look any, huh? Sometimes I look black, sometimes I look like Indian, sometimes I look like Asian. Depends on who sits next to me. Right now I look like him. Mm. <laughs> truly, truly, sometimes I see the photographer make an image of me, uh, of himself, you know, for my photograph. You don't know it because you don't know who took some of my photo, but I know very well. If so-and-so took my photo, I look just like him, like his sister. You know, the face, you know, really would be longer or fatter or skinnier. It depends. Yeah. Except when I direct him how to take my photo, yeah, and where, then it's maybe different. But if he take it spontaneously by himself, then I look like that guy very much or that girl, whoever. Yeah, most often like that. Or whoever sit next to me, I look just like them. Have you seen some of the photo when I take it with somebody else? I look like their relatives or even mother or sister, huh? Yeah. Or even some look like the men also, you know, who sit next to me sometimes, very near, <laughs> together with the picture. I look like them. But can you imagine, sometimes two or three people sit next to me, and I look all like three of them. <laughs> and three of them are not the same family, not even in the same town. <laughs> oh, it's funny, I saw some of that, and I can only laugh, you know. Mm. So here, God told Noah that Canaan is not his family members because Canaan is blue and Noah is white. Can you tell me what he means by that? Anybody? Are the wise Buddhas? He's mentioned in the Bible, in Old Testament, that Noah, when he was born into his family, he was an exceptional baby. 
he had blue eyes and white skin that no one in his family had. Yes. So that's why he was born like this, directly from God, blessed mm. by God, it yeah. seems. But when he buried his children, his children took from his ancestors, perhaps. Oh, so he think uh, Canaan took is from his ancestors? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I have seen some of the terrible dictators, I mean, butcher of the history, and they look so handsome. But when I look closer, oh, I know who that is very, very well. Behind the handsome face, I see who that person is incarnate, just from photo alone. Because when I read history and all that, you know, or see documentary film or look, reading books and they show photos of so-and-so, you know, who has caused untold misery, a miserable death to people, yeah? I mean, lots and lots of death to people and who kills without blinking an eye. And I thought, how can such a handsome-looking person, you know, can be like that. And I look closer. Oh, my goodness. I saw all the trace, you know. I saw the, the face behind that face. I know he's not from our world, you know. I know he's not uh, from the positive power. He's a king of the negative. He's a Lucifer incarnate. I can see that even. Because I could not believe, you know, that any person can be so wicked and so bad, you know, I mean, inside out. And I thought, okay, maybe in the war or something, revolution, sometimes people would die by fighting each other, you know. But it cannot be from the heart of a person who deliberately, you know, orders so many torturous deaths. And so I look at the picture, you know, one of those, I'm not telling you whom, eh? And look at the first glance, you know, all handsome, you know, very uh, good-looking men. So I shook my head at it. It's not, cannot be true. Because we all imagine, you know, if an evil person must look very ugly or, you know, at least dark-looking <laughs> or something, or have some horn. <laughs> no, not necessary, but, oh, that guy was so like chisel face, you know? And I look further as... Oh, jeez. I see the real face. Not like it appears on the, the photo, but you can see it. You know what I mean? You can see it. That, that is not the, the, the handsome face. It's just the face. But that face is resemble what face? You know what I mean? I know that very well. Resemble that devil, truly like that. Without horn, without fang. I can see it very well. Uh, Noah, Noah, okay. Skin, but his son was darker. Dark skin, of course, yes. Okay, now. There is another episode, may I ask? Tell me, tell me. That showed how cold-hearted Kinan was. Yes. In uh, another instant, in the family life, yes. uh, a summer, uh, Noah had collected a lot of grapes, and he ate a lot of grapes. Who eat? Noah. Noah, it's a lot of grapes, yes. But grapes were fermented. Yes. So he became drunk. Oh. And he was very happy, 
and he removed his clothes and started to dance. Understand. So Kinan, when he saw his father, he mocked him. Yeah. And make fun of him. Yes. And ridiculed him. Yes. But his two other sons, when they saw their father in such a weak state and yes. fragile position, yes. took a piece of cloth. And cover him. And covered him and comforted him and said, never mind, come and sleep it off. Yes. And put him in in his bed. Understand. So this is the sons, the true sons, yes. how they behave. Yes. Uh, when they see their father or mother in a fragile state. Yes. It's very easy to kick someone in a fragile state. Yes, yes. But Kinan did that. Yes. It was very cold-hearted. Yes. Even he is the son. So the other two sons are two sons, and this son is really, they are just to torture him, the canine. That's why I told you already, he must have been the devil incarnate then. I told you that. Okay. Anyway. So this is a story in the Bible that your sister has just uh, uh, supplied. You see what I mean? Mm. So now you know. Uh, it's not just me speaking. Uh, it's truly he is like that already. You know, before this situation happened. So he's there just to make hell for the master. Yeah, And in the sun and heart and all yeah. that, probably they became fermented and... Uh, uh, Noah did not notice that. Yes, so he ate it. And then he became drunk. Yes, it was by accident. And knowing that, the son, of course, should have helped him. Yeah. But he didn't. Uh, instead, he, he mocked him, yeah? And ridiculed him and all that kind of thing. Instead of helping him or covering him, because if he remained like that too long, he might die even, you know, being cold and, or maybe falling down and, because he's not used to it being drunk. His true sons rebuked this son, saying, this is not the way to treat your own father. Yes, it's, it's correct. He was rebuked. Yes, okay. All right. And even that kind of son, the father, true to being a father, still want to save him so desperately and still so feeling so much pain when he lost him. So this is a true love of the father. All the father loves their children like that. Not to talk about that he's a being a master and being compassionate. He's a true father as well. So in the family matter, he's a true father, a good man. And in the spiritual matter, he's a true awakening saint. But this is a price he has to pay. Living with such a devil as a son and having to feel his heart tormented when his son died in such a horrible way, in front of his eyes like that, and he could not do nothing. So, of course, God understands that. Eh? So God said to him, Don't you see? He's not one of yours. He is blue, <laughs> I mean dark color, and you are white. In India, uh, they say blue when it's the kind of dark and black, you know? Like they say, Krishna also was born a blue color. But it's not blue, they're just dark color. Yeah, like Indian people. Kind of bluish, I guess. <laughs> a tint of blue or something. Yeah. So that's why sometimes we say black and blue, you know. Dark blue, <laughs> it's like black too. Mm. And God continued comforting Noah first. When a tooth is rotten, pull it out. 
is not a tooth anymore. The rest of your body will be miserable if you don't. I mean, if you don't pull the teeth, rotten teeth out, the rest of your body will be miserable. Be rid of it, even though it was once yours. And Noah replied, I am rid of everything, my Lord, except your essence. You know how I am with you. As the orchard is with the rain, and twenty times more. I mean, the orchard needs the rain so much. <laughs> Without the rain, the orchard cannot uh, blossom. He said, twenty times more than that, I am with you. I need you. Yes. Living in you, rejoicing in you, like a beggar receiving all he needs directly from wealth itself, with no one's hand in between. Not united, not separated, perfection. No. No qualities, no description, no cause. Before the flood and after it, every word I say is of you, in you, from you. As a woman speaks night and day with the ruins of her beloved, where now she lives in perpetual conversation, like even the husband has died, yeah? But the wife who loves him so much still lives in his company, in his presence, and talk to him all the time because she's loyal to him. That's what it means. Uh, he likened himself, Noah, like such a, a woman, yeah? He always with the beloved, no matter what situation, even after death, because there has never been separation between them. That's what he means, yeah? Okay. A lover seems to be facing wreckage, but I hear the song of praise coming back from the ruins as an echo of your name. I love your name in God's name. I love it double. That's why the prophets love the mountains because of the echoes. Little low hills won't do. They don't send your name back to me when I say it. Wow, such a devotion. And a poet. Who can praise God better than Noah? Hmm. Said God, Noah, Noah, I will raise Canaan and all these others from the dead, if you wish. I don't want you to grieve, Noah. So Noah say what? What would Noah say? Guess. Tell me. Are you Christian, by the way? You are, I bet. Many of you. What would Noah say? 
after God promised that He would raise all the dead, including the pieces of His Son, Canaan. What would Noah say? What would you say? Please? No? Please do it? No? No. Okay, good. Good boys, good girl. So Noah said to God, No, no, drown me too. Keep drowning me every moment. Your will is my joy. I carry it with me as my soul. I only see you. I am in love with whatever your creating does. You make happiness, and I am grateful. You make disaster, and I am patient. Anyone who loves your making is full of glory. Anyone who loves what you have made is not a true believer. Yes. Okay. Most of us, we love only what He made. Yeah? And He makes. Oh, we love this world. We love whatever. You know, that comfort in this world. We love whatever. Nice in this world. But we don't love the making of it. Like, okay, God made the flowers, but now God wants to do the making of uh, destroying the flowers. Yeah? Or maybe creating something new after that then. That should be God's will. And we should rejoice in it. Because whatever God destroys, God will create again. But when God tells you to make a boat, yes, to save yourself from drowning, from the flood, then you should listen. Don't say, I like you, destroy me and my family, everything as well. Don't tell me what else I love. <laughs> yeah, fine, you love God making. You love God's action, fine. But if when God tells you to do something else, even contrary to what He's making, then you also have to listen. So here in this case, after God has comforted Noah, he remembered himself again. In a moment of grief, he's lamented because he thought maybe God has broken his promise. Or, in some cases, I thought I'm wrong also. For example, if I see something in some person or something uh, that I see, okay, like that. And then, but some of other people report to me, it's not like that, it's different. Then I, I doubted my vision, yes? And then I have to reaffirm again, how come I saw like that? And then I asked the person or the persons, and they told me it's not like that. So uh, am I wrong or I saw the wrong vision? So it confirmed again that the persons who report to you are wrong. Because sometimes uh, intuitively or visionary I see differently. And then when I confirm it with my physical, for example, assistance, and they say different story. And I, I also have sometimes difficulty to verify whether it's true or not. If I don't have the evidence in my hand, then I just have to take their words for it. And then uh, checking again whether I'm wrong in the vision or my intuition is incorrect. But it's always correct. I found out <laughs> sometimes later when I have enough evidence not the evidence that the assistant reported. 
So after many times of verification, uh, I, of course, trust myself more, yeah? But still sometimes difficult. When all the evidence against your knowledge, your intuition, it's difficult to tell people that it's not so. Well, I learned to live with all kind already. So now, because God has promised Noah to save his family, so uh, of course he's surprised why his son is drowned and torn into pieces, no? Yeah, of course he'd be surprised. But the thing is, even though Canaan is supposed to be his son, but he's not his son. Hmm? Not in the spirit. Not in the heart. Maybe not even in the blood. So he's not the family. Yes, okay? The one who are our relatives are the one who are one with us. Yeah? Same idea, same direction. Otherwise, they're very difficult to live together as relatives. Hmm? So it proves it here also. So after God has told him the truth that he's not one of yours, he doesn't mean physically only. He means it in the spirit, mean in the heart, in the moral way of life. Canaan is none of the quality that Noah has. He is completely opposite of him. He is alien from him, so he is not his son. Of course, after the moment of grief and shock and confusion, and when God comforted him first, Noah immediately understood and go back to himself again. And he knows, oh yeah, of course, things come, go on. Only God is true. Only God is real friend, real relative. Everything else, when time come, has to go or have to stay, it depends. Yeah, He immediately remember. You see, of course, he was shocked. Not because of the event itself only, but because God has promised him to save his family. So he doubted. Maybe God has... Uh, broken his promise, or maybe his vision is wrong. Just like sometimes I see the vision different than what it might have happened, and then I have to verify differently, a different way. I know this very well. I know this very well. <laughs> it's not like this tragically, but it's some many instances similar, yeah, and other other instances also. For example. I was shocked when I heard that the president of Slovenia died, yeah? Uh, Dr. Donovcek, because I asked heaven, uh, is he going to be all right? He's going home. He's coming back home soon, no? He'll be okay. He'll be going home soon from the hospital, no? So the answer is yes. So I didn't check any further, you see? So I thought, okay, he's now in hospital, ill, but in two days, you come home. <laughs> that means, okay. So when he died, I was shocked. Ah, I said, you, you said he's going to be coming home. Okay. He said, you didn't ask me how long. So he did come home for a few days. You see what I mean? And he was okay. And it was true. He even sent greeting to me and saying that he's okay. He's okay. So of course, thank you. You know, I thank heaven. So when he died, I wasn't prepared for it. Because once somebody came home from hospital, check up already, and he's okay, and even send my greeting and say he's okay. He himself sent a greeting to me, saying that he himself is okay. 
when he's already home. So what do you expect, you know? Of course I don't uh, continue asking further. It's so obvious to me that he's home and he's okay. And then he died a couple of days later. So I, I lamented. I said, you, you say he, he's home and he's okay? And then heaven told me, but you didn't ask how long. Of course, he was okay for a few days. So this is the thing that sometimes the physical evidence will go against your vision or your intuition or your knowledge from the future or from whatever happening. Yeah. So I understand very well that he was shocked. Uh, Noah, when his son died like that, while remembering that God said his family will be saved because they're virtuous family. Yes, but the one who is not virtuous, the one who's so cold-hearted like that, obviously is not your family, right? The family is the one who love each other, right? Who help each other and who are one with each other in many ways. Not this one. He's even worse than enemy. The enemy sometimes see in you in a weak condition, a fragile situation like what your sister just mentioned about the Bible, like the Noah when he mistakenly eat the fermented grapes and uh, being drunk and, you know, uh, exposing himself into a fragile situation. And his son mocked him, ridiculed him, instead of helping him to go into safe place or cover him up, you know, to protect his honor and his life. So the other two sons say, this is not the way to treat your father. You see? So they help him and cover him up and put him to bed for safety until he recover. Yes. Because it's not him who is like that. It, it might be the karma that make him eat the grapes without knowing that it's the fermented grape. Or maybe he even knew it, but he had to do it for erasing some karma of some people or the price he has to pay for being a master. Either way, he's in a very uh, uh, fragile and difficult and weak situation, dangerous situation. So as a son, should help him, right? He should help him, but he didn't. Not only he didn't, he even uh, mock him and ridicule him and, you know, curse him and all that. This is not good, you know already. So this kind of person... It's not your relative, no matter if he's born into your family. Because enemies sometimes seeing you in this situation, it still maybe soften the heart and do not attack you at that time. Yeah, Maybe let you recover first and maybe attack you later. And even enemy, when in an emergency situation, knowing the danger around, would walk into the boat first, right? And would be thankful even. And then say, oh, I'm sorry, we have been enemies all this time, but thank you for saving my life. No? Many cases, enemy become friends because the enemy help him, you know, the so-called enemy, yeah? Sometimes, like neighbors, they have been bickering for, for years, you know, with each other, but maybe sometimes the house collapse and the neighbor you know, come and help that person out and save his life, then they become friends forever, yeah? Or sometimes enemies or foes, you know, but happen to help each other in some desperate situation, then they would turn around, become friends, and say, thank you for saving my life, thank you for helping me, no? It is normal, the case. But not with this guy. He's really a devil incarnate. You can see that. He's there, 
just to ruin Noah's happiness and life, all his life. And so now the time has come that he cannot ruin him any further. Yeah? Then and he destroyed his life in such a way as to hurt the loving, compassionate person, so-called his father. But luckily, God is immediately on his side and he's always there and enlighten him quickly. Yeah? Part in the dark cloud in front of his eyes and let him see the truth. And you see, immediately he's back to himself and he's praising God like always. Like no one has ever can praise God better than that. Such a poetry flowing from his lips, such a joy from his heart, such a gratitude, such a happiness, such a bliss of being one with God, of knowing what God is, and of knowing that everything is all right under His will. Isn't that wonderful? Hmm? So I do hope that in any of the emergency situation, we can all act like Noah here, and that God always be our comforter and refuge, because nothing else really <laughs> that's safe for us. Huh? As I told you already, maybe the water rises from the sea. Okay, we might think mountain is safer, but who knows? If the water rises too high, the mountain give in also, yeah, and erode it. Yes, too much raining, the mountain will also run away. You know, damage, ruin. Yeah, or um, too much water and uh, all the earth becomes different shape and broken or earthquake, everything, and who knows, uh, the fire will come out from the earth. Some hidden volcanoes, you know, might be open. Anything happen. You never can say that mountain is safer than the sea or the land is safer than the sea. If you have to die in whatever way, you have to. Right? Yeah. Except you take refuge in the spiritual power, in the God within you. Nothing else is really safe. And if that God say, okay, your time is up, you go back to me now, go back home now, then we're fine. Yes. But it's not like we can run away from disaster, anyone. See? Huh. Even, okay, we are safe in the land. How safe? There are cars, <laughs> car accidents do happen, you know? And sometimes even cooking in the oven, the gas ex explode or electricity, short circuit, anything happen. And as we know, or maybe Mark Twain have written it. Some, is it Mark Twain who say that most people die in bed? Huh? Well, Mark Twain, the writer. But anyway, it's true, even if, if he wasn't the one who wrote it. It's true. Most people die in bed. <laughs> Safe. Is he in the house? <laughs> so where would you run? Okay? So, the question is, it's not you die or not die, whether the world ends or not end, but how we die, how we live before we die. Like we die happily, contentedly, knowing that we have lived the very worthwhile and correct, noble lifestyle. You see? So whenever we die, we die. We don't want to live here forever also because, let's face it, our body has a limit now. With all the chemical things, the pesticide we took in from the food, our body will not withstand too long anyway. And the teeth will fall down. Okay, now we can make new teeth, but so what? Everything else is going, going, going. Yeah? So if it's a time come, we go, we go. 
Okay? So also it's not like we try to save the physical bodies of the people, but just giving them more time to think about returning to God, more time to uh, get over their preconceived ideas about God, what God is and how religion should be, and they turn around and return to their original self and save their souls so they don't have to reincarnate again in another similar planet and worrying about shortage of food and petrol and water rising and ice melting anymore. Because if we're not finished in this lifetime of our karma, we will continue the next somewhere else in the universe. And the suffering will follow us like shadow. We can never run away from it. So... Okay, uh, planets come and go, people, you know, are born and die. But since I am here, I do the best I can. Okay, if I'm not here, then I cannot do anything. But I'm here already. I help my neighbors, right? Yeah. The whole world is my neighbor. The whole humanity is my neighbors. And I being a good neighbor, I'm trying to save whatever they can, knowing that they are in a desperate situation. I try my best to tell them what to do to save themselves, right? So that's all there is to it, all right? Not just about physical body. Because some people ask me, why do we have to save the world, let it go, we have other planet. Yes, other planet we have, we'll be reincarnated again, but the suffering will be the same. Okay, like in an earthquake situation, yeah? I see my neighbor house going to give in, I tell him, get out quick, get out quick. Or if I can, I use a big column somehow to to withhold the, the roof for a while until all the person can get out safe. It's not like I'm trying to save that house. Yes. It's just for people have time to get out. You see? Yes. And if I can save that house, it's okay too. Yeah? At least people are safe. But if in that situation you tell that person, okay, never mind that house, and let it go, we have another house next door. <laughs> another house is the same. And people already die in that broken house. And how can they go to the next house? Yeah, and if they go to the next house in the earthquake, they might break also. So the, the suffering of this world, it's just a premonition to the people who live here. They should know that, okay, if you don't change now, you will have the same next lifetime. So we're trying to save the planet to give them the time and the chance. Okay? All right. Thank you very much for your attention. You've been good. Very good. Okay, guys. I go have breakfast. You take a break or meditate. Hmm? And go home, right? Tonight or tomorrow? Some tonight. Tomorrow? <laughs> What did I hear? Hmm? Tomorrow, huh? And some tonight, right? I don't hear any yes. Some tonight. Little, huh? It's your home, and of course you like to stay. Where else can you feel better, right? And I understand that. I understand very well. I wish you stay forever. But we will stay forever in heaven later on, okay? The thing is, no matter how big my house is, it's never big enough for you to stay forever like the way you want to. <laughs> I would like you to. You are fun and you're good. And when you're here, you meditate and it's good. Yeah? Very, very good for the, the world. Very good for yourself. 
But we just have to, you know, take turn now, okay? See you later. Meditate or have a quick break and meditate. Don't hang around too long, okay? Because you, you have soon, you have to go eat now, soon. So make the best of it. Meditate now, okay? Yeah. From five to ten, you will be all free anyway, okay? Try to meditate whenever you can. I hate it when, when the meditation time people are hanging around outside or talking or eating. It's a long time. You're here very short. You make the best of it. Oh, some people behind them see me, okay, I'm coming. Coming, going. Love you. Yes. And a lot to heart connection. You see? You see, Kenan has been touched by his father all his life. He has been born from his own body and touched and hurt him all his life even. Does it change him? No. If you believe, Eyes to eyes contact with us, okay? And love from the heart, yeah? If you love the master, you become one with the master. Then you know everything the master. Actually, we don't like that. We sit outside in the garden. That's nice, you know, but to me, I love that garden, you know? I say a little bit for myself, it's Normally I go there, just sit in the, I sit in the garden. Up to now, I have never been in my room. I mean, before you came. Since before, after you came, I have to be in my room. Otherwise, you hang around outside. All of you. Really, let me sit on the stove there, you know, the temple. And I sit in the middle there, and all of you sit there, and it's cool. And before you came, I always eat out there. So I never really liked to go in the room. I always eat there, even when it's not too cold like this. Not too cool like this, but it's outside. Thank you so much. Yeah? We all thank them, don't we? Yes, we're grateful to your help and support and your friendship. I also have to thank the people who uh, came here earlier, uh, sacrificed their time, their labor, yeah, to clean up the place and make it nice for you to come. There has been a lot and lot of work. They came to work, okay? And now that the place has been reasonably good enough for us, we thank them all, okay? Maybe some of them are gone already, but tell them. We thank them, okay? (laughs) Okay, if you go today, then have a safe trip and see you soon. After we rotate, you can come whenever you want, okay? Provided that uh, place, yeah? After they have all seen me and uh, the design to see me already subsides somewhat, especially the Chinese people, they have no chance and all that. And then it'll be less, you know? Then we can just come anytime, okay? Like normal, you know? Hey, go visit your old mama, you know? <laughs> when you have time. <laughs> Then it will be okay, all right? And you will see me soon, don't worry. I'll make it soon enough because that's why I squeeze a lot right now. Now you are already lucky, you're okay, only not too many people, but the next week will be a lot more so that people can see me quicker. Yeah. Every week, two times, I'll be busy. I won't have time to miss you, sorry. 